I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co host, contributor at Mavs.com. <sighs> the Clipper cut up the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It wasn't that bad. We're not, like, I'm not, like, full on gas right now. I didn't sigh the, before the intro, right? That's, that's <laughs> how you know it's bad. That, that's true. That's true. I do have some trivia for you right off the bat. Okay. Fox Sports Southwest put this up after the game. Highest scoring duos in the bubble, most combined points per per game. Where do you think Luca and Porzingis rank on this in the top five? They have to be in the top five, right? So I'm going to guess two. I'm going to guess there's like, I think Harden and Westbrook are probably in there. Harden and Westbrook are at number two, averaging 57.7 points a game combined. Is is like TJ Warren and Brogdon in there somewhere random? (laughs) No. Joel Embiid (laughs) and Tobias Harris are three. Embiid's like 30 points a game so far in the bubble. Yeah, they're at 56 a game. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard at four with 53 a game. And at number one. I was going to say, so they're either one or five, right? (laughs) Number one, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis at 63. 63 points per game. Yes. So uh, they're, what, averaging six points combined um, more than Harden and Westbrook at number two. Heck yeah. One of the best, literally one of the best scoring duos in the entire NBA. The best scoring duo in the bubble so far. So as we alluded, we're going to break down the Mavericks 111 to 126 loss to the Clippers. Now, let's start here. If you didn't watch the game, then you hear that score or you check the box score and you say, dang, they lost by 15 points. It must not have even been a game, blah, blah, blah. The final score, this is a classic example of a game where the final score in the box score, unless you see the lead tracker, doesn't necessarily tell you the whole point of the game or the whole story of the game. No, it doesn't at all because, I mean, what, for three and a half quarters? I mean, this was a really good game. And I would say from the moment, uh, until Porzingis checked out of the game in the fourth, and to which my dad, where I'm in Kentucky, my dad's like, why is he coming out of the game? He's a superstar. They shouldn't take him out. And uh, so, uh, but he has to get a break. And even uh, Rick Carlisle said after the game in his postgame uh, presser, he's like, hey, KP reached a point there to where we had to get him some rest. And that was just part of it. They brought Luca and them in, but they just couldn't hold him off. Then the Clippers started hitting shots. So literally, yeah, for three, three and a half quarters, it was a close, pretty close game for the most part. And then Clippers just flipped the switch. Well, and it was, what was it, a one-point game at halftime. I mean, it was really, really close at that point. Uh, And so, you know, they're keeping it close. It was one-point game at the end of the the first quarter. It was a one-point game at the end of the second quarter. The third quarter, we had third-quarter Mavs. So it was like the Mavericks gave up, you know, basically a 12-point lead at one point in the third quarter. They ended the third quarter, and it was only a four-point lead for the Clippers. So they ended up bringing that, you know, cutting that lead all the way back. Mavericks went on a 7-2 run to end the third quarter. Uh, to bring the lead back down to four. And then, like Isaac said, the the main story of this game, I think, is with seven minutes and 44 seconds left, the Mavericks were down by one. It was 98 to 99. Kristaps Porzingis had hit two massive threes. He had gone on a pretty good run on his own scoring. And 
he got the lead, you know, the lead back to within one for the Clippers. And then they sub KP out. We're going to hear from Rick Carlisle later that exact quote that Isaac alluded to about why Porzingis was taken out. But KP was taken out. And then at six minutes and 40 seconds, tie game, 101-101. Then all of a sudden, uh, the Clippers go on a 7-0 run in about you know a minute and a half. KP checks back into the game, and then the Clippers just explode. They ended the game on a 25-10 run. Uh, KP didn't take a shot after he subbed back in. Luka was taking some threes. Trey Burke got a three-point shot blocked <laughs> at the end of the game. I mean, just Mavericks were just taking some bad shots. And then with like 30 seconds left, it was over, and they were giving up, right? The Clippers had some wide-open shots, and they were just like running the clock out essentially at that point. So the game was ended. Uh, right after KP checked back in, you know, with about five minutes left. And then they went on that crazy run, you know, uh, with about three minutes left. Luca stepped up and hit a couple free throws and the game was like, uh, you know, within like eight points. But then after that, I mean, it was just <laughs> Clippers just basically turned it on at the end, a veteran team that you expect. Um, I, I posed this on Twitter and a lot of people are kind of agreeing with me. Were you encouraged by this loss? I don't know if encouraged would be the word. Um, I, I'm not mad, but I don't know what I learned from it. Like, I, I know the Mavericks can score. I, I don't expect the Clippers to beat them by 25 every game um, in like a playoff series or something like that. I don't know if I'm encouraged because I don't think the, the I mean, the Warriors, I don't think the Clippers are near full strength yet. I mean, Pat Beverly didn't play. Montrezl Harrell still not in the bubble. Pat Beverly's um, still part of the game, though. He was, de- he was definitely gosh, yes. John, and I think that's who Porzingis was talking to, talking to or what was in the first quarter when he yeah. was John at the bench, and then Pat, they, they put the camera over to Patrick Beverly like three or four times and just, ah. But that's what you do, though. I mean, that's what I want the bench. Like, I would, if I was a Clippers fan, I would love that my bench is doing that, especially in this setting, because this is the, like, this is the ultimate bench is going to have like an impact on the game type Do what thing the because crowd everybody can, does yeah everybody can hear what they say and there's going to be john back i mean if we're seeing it now wait till the playoffs it's going to be times 10 at that point but i think yeah there was multiple stories of the game as far as a clipper standpoint zubats for sure we'll talk about him later on but i think the combination of zubats Marcus Morris, Jamichael Green, they combined for 19 of 21 from the floor. I mean, when you have those three guys Jeez. outside of, like Paul George only had 24 points, uh, Kawhi tw- 29, but when you have those, Zubach 21, Marcus Morris 16, Jamichael Green 10 points off. The, remember that Jamichael Green Dirk bet we had, like board bet? I mentioned bet? it on Hot Mike. You were, you were gone from the stream at that point, but I mentioned it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I but won like, that one. Have, I picked Jermichael Green. <laughs> you did. It was like Jermichael Green versus Dirk. Who had more points and rebounds, season. like total yeah. combined. <laughs> and that was like two, three years ago. But they had, I mean, they had saw, I don't think Lou Williams is to 100% either. So no, he was way back, off. Full, yeah, back full circle to your question. Am I encouraged? Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I would say encouraged, but I'm not. I don't know what I learned from this game. I, I, I think it played out how I expected it to. I was encouraged that the Mavericks didn't just get blown out, right? That they were able to at least stick with them. They didn't really shoot the three well pretty much the whole game. Uh, Luka was 6 of 13 from three, which is 46%, which is wild for Luka. Uh, But everyone else, you know, 
KP hit three of his seven. Dorian hit two of his five. Uh, Maxi hit two of his five. Those are all good. Everyone else, Tim Hardaway was what? two of eight. Trey Burke was zero of seven. Um, like I'm not taking anything away from the Mavs, but I expect. I mean, how KP and Luca's been humming together. Like yeah. everything's like in the Clippers missing those guys. I think I would have been definitely more discouraged if the Clippers walked in and were up 20 for most of the game and it wasn't even a contest. Like it kind of played out how I expected to barring like the end where everybody basically gave up and they hit like three or four threes. And to me, that's encouraging. (laughs) I'm I'm, going to take after the the three games we saw to start the bubble for the Mavs. I'm going to take that as encouraging. So, all right, coming up, let's hear from Kristaps Porzingis and Rick Carlisle about what they thought about this game and about KP subbing out towards the end there. That really changed the game so we'll talk about that but before we do start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes axios today host nyla Boodoo has a team of award-winning journalists that bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends that shape our world subscribe to the podcast and their newsletter everywhere you get your pods or newsletters all right, Isaac Harris, let's get back into this game. Um, so, again, the Mavericks lose 111 to 126, 15-point loss, but it didn't It didn't really feel like that. The Clippers really went on a crazy run there towards the end uh, and just you know took it took control of this game. Kawhi Leonard, I mean... He's the best player in the league. The guy, the guy can just get a shot off, you know, wherever he wants. I mean, he he can score in the in the he scored a couple times in the post with Kristaps Porzingis right in front of him. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis seven foot three, huge arms. Like someone in the hot mic chat, you know, for the game today said, Kristaps, you're the longest person in the world. You should be able to blah blah blah. He said something, but uh, he wasn't. He. Kawhi's able to finish over top of him. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. wild the positioning he can get, the strength he has, the ability that he had, the precision in his jumper to get to a spot on the floor, pull up and hit a shot. I mean, it's just, you know, it's again, like Isaac said, we didn't really learn anything. That's it's something Kawhi's been doing for years now, but he's just so good. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been at number one best overall player in the league the past two years. And as long as Durant and- is injured. Yes, yes. And I think it's still I think it's an argument when it comes to that too. And um just with everything Kawhi brings and I, I watched a decent amount of the Bucks heat game earlier with my dad too and we were just marveling at Giannis and how crazy yeah. it is. But it's like you watch Giannis, then you watch this full game of Kawhi and I'm like so different. Like like Giannis is hands down no doubt MVP of the league of the whole season. It's just Kawhi is just a, a better overall player, especially in a playoff series. And that's why no one wants to see the Clippers. Y'all, I, some, can I just say this real quick? <laughs> you may. I've seen a thing going on on Mavs Twitter saying, are we sure that we don't want to see the Clippers over the Nuggets in the first round? <laughs> I am very sure. I, sign me up for Denver yeah. any day of the week over the Clippers in the first round. Right. Don't overthink this, people. Come on, like I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I realize trying to find the angles of like trying to find the yeah, positivity yeah. in things. I'll, I'll be right there with you, but I, I just no. Give me Denver. I don't care. I don't care if Denver goes undefeated the rest of the seeding games. Give me Denver. That's positive reframing that I'm not ready for right now <laughs> at this no. point. All right, let's hear from Rick Carlisle. This is about, um, you know, this is basically about Chris Ops Porzingis and how he was feeling and why he took him out basically with seven minutes and 44 seconds left after he had just gone on this big run and, you know, scored a bunch of points. So this is Rick on Chris Ops Porzingis. 
Yeah, he, he did uh, he did a lot of great things. He, he had a really good stretch where he was creating problems with cuts, getting fouled, getting to the free throw line. He banged in a couple of threes. Um, activity was really good. And so that's a, that's a big positive. Um, you know, and then, then he did get, then he did get tired and it was clear the right time to, to get him out and get him a blow. But uh, look, he's worked extremely hard. That's been well-documented. Um, and, uh, you know, he did a lot of really good things in the game. So he said he did get tired and that's why he took him out. So I guess Chris off conditioning, you know, not necessarily there yet. I mean, he, he can't play. He started the fourth quarter. I'll say that uh, he started the fourth quarter and he played all the way up until, you know, seven minutes and 44 seconds. That's when he was taken out. He had played 33 minutes up until that point. So that's, that's a normal amount of time for somebody to play. And he's put a lot of, he's put a lot of work in. I mean, he's driving, he's, he's trying to make shots happen. I mean, he's creating shots for himself. It's not like Luke was creating all the shots for him tonight so I can understand him being tired at that point he finished the game he finished the game playing 38 minutes that's enough for me for a regular season game I don't want him playing 44 you know 42 minutes in a regular season game or in one of these seeding games yeah I thought he was just forcing it more than he was tired I thought those last few possessions which I mean obviously the coach staff knows way more than I do but those last few possessions before they called timeout and they took him out you know Luca was off the floor and he was forcing it some he had a couple drives and he got blocked by Zubas one time he like turned it over one time and it's like okay he's he's forcing a little bit with Luca out those two threes were deep too it's you know it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not like he you know they created a really great shot for him like those are deep threes that he hit and it just so happened that he hit him and it was positive right yeah, so I was, I mean, selfishly, I was like, oh, dang, leave him in, then bring Luca in, and then you just don't have to go to him every time. Then you can, like, get back to rolling, rolling your system. But I, I love that stretch there when Luca was out because that's what Dallas needs. In a way, like, Trey Burke gives Dallas that a little bit in that he he's the create he's another, like, a creator we've been asking for. Well, it should be the Brunson like, role, yeah. Yeah, it should be, but it's like, dang, to see, to see Trey Burke cross over – Lou Williams and get to the, to, to the to the basket for that tough left hand to finish. I'm like, whoa! That's what it looks like for another another Maverick to uh, uh, penetrate and get into the paint and actually score because we don't see that much outside of Luca. And so Seth I think does every once in a while. Seth's got his little floater then, like yeah. runner game kind of thing that he he can do. Floater. Justin Jackson does too. Greatest floater in NBA history, according to head coach of the Mavericks. So he did hit one in this game, by the way. Also, he missed a wide open layup again. So he's great at shooting floaters. Uh, so we heard that from from Rick Carlisle that, that KP was tired. So let's hear from Kristaps Porzingis post game. Uh, he sort of answers about you know how he's feeling and, and how he was feeling towards the end there when he was taken out. Yeah, we kind of lost the momentum maybe a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, even for myself too. After I hit those two threes, um, I still feel I have. I'm, I'm only about 75, 80 uh, percent back in the rhythm of the game and 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 then feel for all all the little details and and things like that. So I'm still on my way there, and and I just keep thinking about the things I could have done better after those two big threes, and and maybe the game could have went a different way and, and, and we could have kept that momentum going. So 75 to 80%. He said back into the rhythm of the game. So that I don't think he was talking about conditioning, you know, his in body. What is this? Two two falsettos and two two pods in a row for Isaac. <laughs> 
I don't think he means conditioning. What do you think he means by 75 to 85% back in the rhythm of the game? No, I agree. I don't think it's conditioning either. I think it's just back into the groove and just NBA. And it's his first full year back and spending what? Well, I mean, we we wrote it and said it a thousand times without playing in a basketball game in what, 20 months, 21 months at that point? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Then he played, you know, the handful of months there of the season. The season shuts down, goes back to training and all that stuff. So, um, in one sense, you look at him like, dang, you're still not back. But then in another sense, you look at him like, yeah, he's still not back. And he's still like performing <laughs> like this, you know, like that's you're, positive you're, reframing. We do need it. Exactly. And <laughs> so, but I think in still finding his groove in the offense and just how him and Luke are going to play off each other, it takes time. I and mean, we've said this a thousand times. It takes time for these two guys to get on the same page. And I, I took that more of an encouraging note of like, hey, he's still not there now. Is he still going to like, is he one of the guys that's going to say it for like two more years? And then I'm like, <laughs> two years from now? It's I'm like 95%. the China trip again. Still- it's like they're still not back from the China trip. They're still dealing with the jet lag from the China trip. Like it's just <laughs> going to be that over and over again. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to be like that, but we'll, I mean, we'll see going into next year, but this is all, I mean, this is all just so weird anyway. Right. I mean, coming off that layoff and then, you know, at this point we expect all players to be in peak physical playoff condition. Right. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case even at this point, uh, because the days, the days like they're playing really close together. Right. So all these, all they're not in better conditioning from the Rockets game to this game. Right. It's like, it's been what a week, a couple days, <laughs> a week and a couple days. They're, they're all so close together. So the conditioning is not necessarily going to be fully up. Uh, and Porzingis said, he's not completely into the rhythm of the game. So that's how he's, that's how he's feeling. And that's uh, why he was taken out. Uh, I, I had no problem with it in the moment. I expected it. I, ca- I called it out. I was I was live on hot mic during the game, and I said that he's going to take Porzingis out now, put Luca back in because Luca wasn't in to start the fourth quarter. Porzingis was. They're going to put Luca in, and then you know Clippers only went on like a seven zero run, but it was when they came. It was when KP came back in is when the offense got all out of whack, and Luca was jacking up shots, and then you know Porzingis didn't take a shot the whole rest of the way. Five five minutes left in the game. KP didn't take a shot the whole rest of the way, and I think that's what really needs to change. So coming up, we'll talk about the end of the game. We'll talk about why the Mavericks ended up giving up this game. One more answer from Rick about if it got uh, Zubach. We need to talk about him because he had 21 points and 15 boards, uh, and so we really need to talk about that because I think that's a big hole in the Mavericks' defense. We'll talk about all that coming up. Hey, hey can I do a greeny tease? Of course. All right, let me lead into the break. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why <laughs> Zubats is the best big man in L.A. <laughs> All right, Isaac, after that incredible greeny tease, why is Zubat the best big man in L.A.? Because he played the Mavs tonight. <laughs> no, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. I just want to say because everybody's been all over Anthony Davis, like he's the newest big man to like. No has a other big man in the NBA can do a step back three. Has ever shot a three? Anthony Davis, best big. At, I'm like, come on, I like AD, but We've we're going too a, far. I've explained to you the the dichotomy of Lakers fans, right? There's so many of them that some of them are also 13 years old and don't know anything about the game and say ridiculous. I wouldn't say things. some. I'd say a lot. But <laughs> Zubats tonight, though. First off, they started Boban, and you know Seth was out of yeah, this we game. We haven't talked to, about that. They started Boban. And, 
Boban getting the kind of the JJ Barrett treatment. We're going to spot start you, but only hand, hand you a, a handful of minutes and not start Boban. you the second half. Yeah, yeah, went with Trey Burke instead. It's like they started Boban looking at Zubats across, you know, the court there. And uh, yeah, well, it didn't really work. I feel like Zubats dunked on Boban within the first like few possessions, but the first Zubats. two possessions Zubats scored on Boban, and so I was like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work because Boban's not quick enough, even for Zu. And it's just the reason why, you know. The, the reason trading for nothing. The reason what? why they did, they did. I was so mad about that trade. The reason I loved Zoo. The reason why Zoo was ten for ten. Right. It's not like he was creating shots. It's not like he was posting up and throwing what? hook shots Ooh. up. It's not. It's not like he was creating his own shot. Wish you guys could see Isaac's face. He was an opportunistic scorer in this game. I mean, completely. And that's what he is on this team. I mean, he takes advantage of the attention that Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell get. Uh, and even Reggie Jackson sometimes. He was there every single time. The The Mavericks were so preoccupied with what Kawhi and Paul George were going to do. They were ready to, to, you know, to pick up on screens and to switch and to do all kinds of stuff. They just let Zoo open so many times and he was just there. How many count? I mean, how many of his 10 baskets had Porzingis switched on to either Kawhi or Paul George and then Dorian was on Zoo and he just like shot over the top of him right i mean I, it was probably half of his buckets were on dorian because he's six seven and zoo seven foot and he's just dunking over the top because he's got such low position that you know they were able to throw an entry pass and he was able to score i felt like every single time he scored that's what it was yeah i mean and that's why it, it, i don't i think you have the audio ready for for rick but i asked rick uh this after the game if y'all listen to the fox sports uh broadcast you heard my voice after the game hey. say ask Rick why um, Zubats was so effective tonight and this is what Rick had to say about it yeah Rick uh, what allowed Zubats to be so effective tonight well some of it was his screening created problems and you know George came off screens a couple times we had to we had to help and you know they were able to find him for for a lot of easy baskets. There were some situations where we ended up switching on, on dead hit screen type situations. And, you know, he just does a, He did a great job of shaping up and they found him. Uh, but, you know, 10 for 10 is we, we can, we can do better than that. Um, you know, he had a great game, but I think we can, I think we can play him better than that. So what's the answer then? <laughs> um, no, I, I think I agree with everything you said at the beginning. This is like the perfect team for him. And like you take, you could take Zub, Zubach could excel on this team. And then another team, like, I don't know, you, the like Hawks. the Hawks. We, we love to say the Hawks. <laughs> uh, we always use the Hawks. The Hawks could look at him and be like, wow, great. <laughs> Actually, this would be like a Kings move. Wow, yeah, man, look yeah. at him. And, and then try to like ask more of him. And you're like, dang, why'd this suck? Okay. On a different team, would he be Alex Len, right? Maybe. Would yeah, Alex right? Len be this tonight <laughs> with the Clippers? Yeah, would Alex hey. Len have been, have been but Zubat I did in this write, game? I actually did write a note in the first quarter. My note for the first quarter, Zubats is good. That, <laughs> he is good. I like him. I think he's good. Like I, he's, I think he's He's rel- big. Relative, he has good yeah. hands. He's always in the right spot. That's that's. I mean, that, as a big man, that's what you want in, in a backup big or a spot and, and start I, big. I do wonder, though, like in a playoff series, will Dallas try to exploit him defensively? Like, 
we've heard forever when these bigs get out there like Zubats and Nurkic and all these bigs, and it's like go bear and like oh they can't play in these in these games. Can Dallas take advantage of that? Could they reach a point in the playoff series where it's like every single time down the floor you bring Zubac's defender up, you know, whoever he's defending and say, hey, let's try to get him in a switch. I know Kawhi and PG are pretty good at getting through screens, but still, I think that's something that, and I, I think that's something else to remember in this game too, that maybe Rick held back a few things, you know? Maybe yeah. both teams held back some things, knowing that this is probably going to be a matchup. What was held back, you know, like, and whether it's plays, sets, whatever it was, I, I don't know. But, you know, something had to be held back. They're still not running enough KP Luca pick and rolls, pick and pops for me. I mean, I yeah. just it just completely gone from their offense, it feels like. Uh, you know, since Dwight Powell isn't there to run pick and rolls with, with Luca, But I think that... KP even took it to, to Zubak a couple times, right? And took advantage of him. Just, you know, one-on-one was able to to beat him off the dribble or was able to get him in the post and uh, score over the top of him. Like, I think they can even take advantage of him there. But if you get him switched on to Luka, which I think they did a good job of. The thing is about this Clippers team, it sucks because they have so many wings that can recover yeah. so well, so smart defensively. Kawhi, Paul George, even Marcus Morris when he's out there. Like, they can just recover so well that – it's hard to get somebody switched onto you because they're just able to recover so so quickly in in their spot. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the zoo thing was just them focusing the Mavericks focusing so much on Kawhi and Paul George that zoo was able to take advantage of opportunities. I think it's all about communication. It's all about figuring out, okay, no, you go there. Now I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be able to stay with my man. And then the fact that both Paul and Kawhi can pull up so quickly, just at any point on the floor, I think is so, um, Man, it's just such a it's such a weapon, and that's why these guys are you know projected by a lot of people to make the finals and to win the NBA title. Is you know that's yeah. that's who the Mavericks are playing against, and I don't think there's I don't think there's any you know I don't think the I don't think the Mavericks should hang their heads after this game. I think that this was a you know well fought game by the Mavericks. There's definitely things they can do better. I think you're right, Isaac. I think there's things Rick held back, and I think that you know we're looking forward to them playing some more games here. Better, hopefully. Hopefully play some better defense here in the future. Bucks on Saturday. Hopefully they, they rest everybody because they clinched already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as seeding goes, we wanted that win so the Clippers could you know possibly move back. I don't know what Denver was doing this evening. I think they were up the last time I checked. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, I think we're I think we're both monitoring Denver versus the Clippers more than I more than we are Dallas moving up. I mean, that, yeah, at that's this point at this point. That, that's the biggest thing. And good. I mean, OKC. Great job against the Lakers. Well, um, the thing is, the Jazz are, are falling down. So I think we might have rest to, in everybody. We might have to watch the Jazz more than we watch the Thunder. Um, and the, the Rockets, if the Rockets lose to the Lakers tonight, which it doesn't look like it, LeBron's not, they started Quinn Cook instead of LeBron. <laughs> that, that was their replacement for LeBron. It's Quinn Cook. That's not too far. Uh, but if the but, Lakers, if Lakers beat the Rockets and all of a sudden the Mavericks are, I mean, a couple games back for the Rockets. So yeah, but going back to Clippers, I think they're the best overall team in the league. Yeah. Um, talent wise, they're still my pick to win the title and yeah, I think, and Mavericks had a chance to beat them. They did. Yeah. They, yeah, they did. And, when a playoff series happens and Beverly's out there playing, our fan base is going to hate Patrick Beverly so bad because <laughs> why did we want this guy on our his team? His number one goal is going to, I mean, he was chirping at Luca in this entire game. His number one goal is to get underneath Luca's head, uh, get yes. underneath his skin. Or and Porzingis. I think it might be Porzingis because he might be able to get in KP's head easier than Luca's. Yes. And it's like, I could see like Luca just laughing at him and KP yeah. could like deck him. And, 
I'm just yeah, and I'm Mav's Twitter is just going to erupt over <laughs> everything he does. <laughs> yes, everything Beverly does. Don Nobbler was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> there you go. All right, you got one more thing for me. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not encouraged. I'm not discouraged. <laughs> I kind of like this is just kind of went as expected, and now we, you know, they have a practice day tomorrow. So uh, they didn't have a practice day in between uh, the game the Kings and Clippers game, but they have a day to kind of recoup uh, today as you listen to this, I guess. And then you welcome the the Bucks, who had an insane comeback win against the Heat uh, earlier uh, today. So it and should be you, a fun. And if you thought guarding Kawhi and Paul George was hard, get ready to guard Giannis Adetokounmpo. There you go, guys. Maxie's we'll got it. We'll be back with the post-game pod on Saturday. Stick with us. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.